Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. Hello, hello, hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of Charlie's Toolbox. Today, we are going to discuss embracing peace so we're gonna still follow the new podcast format that i introduced last episode and we're gonna start off with some upcoming events um first i have a new patreon episode that will be released later tonight it's gonna be another intimate episode where i talk about some of my best dating experiences in new york city and what i learned about the men here also next month i'll be starting a new series under charlie's toolbox podcast called this is your life the purpose of this series is to highlight alternative lifestyles which i call flavors i call them flavors because they are neither good nor bad they are simply a preference i also call them flavors because unfortunately we shun shame and dismiss women who choose not to follow or adjust their definition to the traditional lifestyles This sort of thinking is boring considering the new and many flavors that women are living their lives. So each episode, I'll highlight women who are choosing decisions to make their life their own. My first episode will include Stephanie Coe. Um, I stumbled upon her YouTube video discussing pretty privilege a couple weeks ago, and I enjoyed her analysis on it, and I learned a lot. I also thought she articulated her life and her life choices in a way that was extremely validated to many women. And I hope she's going to do the same for many of you. So stay tuned to that episode. I'll be releasing it pretty soon. Um, This week, the song of the week that's kind of accentuating my mood is by Baby Rose and the title is called Pressure. Um, I chose this song because it's a mellow song that reminds me of my my it reminds me of like a dimly lit montage of a single woman who is experiencing different stages of her her, of her life in a living room um the words also reminded me that i'm living some of the most ultimate chic swanky life and that type of life it does take a lot of work and it does take a lot out of you So um, that's my song for the week, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, As far as my world, I had an interesting week. Um, This week was all about boundaries, and I had to reinforce my boundary with my mother. And unfortunately, she's just one of those people who I have a hard time trying to get her to understand what my boundaries are. Um, She has that thought, like many of our parents do, that just because they birth you, Um, They believe that that grants them lifetime ownership and access to you. And she's having a hard time realizing that it doesn't. So even though this has been an arduous battle of boundaries, I am still hopeful and I am relentless. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a good, I know for me, I'm great at being a brick wall. Um, I have uh, I don't know what it is, but I have something in me that I can be a brick wall, brick wall to things that I want. And if 
Um, and, and people will ram their heads against it, but it really doesn't hurt me. It hurts them more. So my mom is learning that process of hitting her head against this brick wall until she figures out that boundaries are the way to go. So uh, the topic is titled Embracing Peace. This week, I want to discuss embracing peace in the struggle that shows up while you're embracing it. So what led me to this topic was my own life. Right now, my life is very peaceful and everything is just going right. Everything is going right. I'm finding my passion in my work with Charlie's Toolbox. The podcast is funny. It's fun. I love the writing. I love sharing stories and empowering women. My dating life is extremely peaceful. My relationships with my friends are peaceful. My family and I, for the most part, we're peaceful, even though my mom has some boundary issues. Everything is pretty good. And when I say peaceful, I don't mean perfect. I mean, I can manage this life with a smile. But even though I felt this extreme peace and stability, um, which I find incredibly empowering, I had this aching feeling that suddenly it would change. That once again, I would find myself on the ground heaving and pleading to God to help me through it. And I could not fathom that peace could be mine forever. You know, I thought that I had to enjoy peace while I was there and I would be in a peaceful state, but I'll be holding my breath or waiting for the shoe to drop. So I had to interrogate, like, what is that? What is that feeling? Why am I uncomfortable with peace? Um, Why am I uncomfortable with a peace that's kind of hand delivered to me? A peace that I worked for, a peace that's showing up, that I've like coveted for so long. Why am I uncomfortable with this feeling? And there's two parts to why I felt discomfort while in peace. And I hope that as I discuss these parts, it'll um, it'll open up some some questions for yourself so that you can kind of interrogate if or whether or not you are feeling uncomfortable while in peace. So the two parts was one, my perspective has been skewed for most of my life. So my perspective about life and peace, I have seen it through a certain lens. And um, because I've done a lot of work in therapy and self-help and really addressing most of my issues, I have another lens for which I'm seeing my life. So I have to, because I made that adjustment, I have to also make space for the remnants of that previous life for, or that previous lens for which I saw my life. Number two, I was not taught how to embrace peace. You know, I never saw it in the, in the adults around me. So I really don't know what a peaceful life looks like for an adult person. So... When I talk about the previous, um, well, the first point, I am referring to like reliving past adverse experiences that kept me in a loop. That was the lens for which I saw my life. I would relive the relive these past experiences, and I believed negative experiences were my faith. You know, I believed that I had no choices; that life whipped me back and forth, and that was a lie. And I had to understand that when you grow up in under a fatalistic perspective, you truly believe that adults have no control over their lives. You know, we believe that life just happens or mishaps 
or never our faults. You know, it's always God or it's always bad luck or it's always quote unquote love life. So whenever negative things in my life would happen, I blame the world. I blame the world. I blame, you know, God. I blame, I'd blame luck, but I would never um, think it was me. Or I would never think it was my choices or my beliefs. Um, it was always someone else's fault. And this was kind of my philosophy my whole life. And this was the lens for which I saw my life until I changed it. You know, I had to change my perspective. I had to do a lot of work in therapy. I had to do a lot of a lot of journaling to investigate what's going on. And I had to really allow myself, my feelings just to be out there without any judgment. And when I did that, I was no longer miss life just happens. And I turned into the person who dictated my life. Um, I no longer blamed everyone around me. I asked myself, how did I participate in? What choices did I make that led to my situation? What did I say yes to? You know, what, what did I say yes to? What did I stay in when I could have left? And my shift took a lot of time. You know, it took me most of my 30, my 30th year and even up to now, I'm still shifting the way I see things. And though I'm empowered like never before, there are still some remnants. There's still some some pieces of me that has PTSD from living a life so helplessly, helplessly. Is still there. There are moments where my neurotransmitters misfire and they tell me that the rug is about to be pulled from underneath me because this is going too smoothly. You know, that's where that PTSD shows up. There are moments where you tell yourself, uh, you know, this is too peaceful because your mother or your parents always expected the worst when peace was there. I misfire. And those who are reorganizing their life to feel more attuned with who you are may misfire as well. We may be in the moment and excited about what we are doing. And then you may misfire and ask yourself, when is the bad going to happen? Fatalism, it doesn't ask if something bad will happen. It's a perspective that expects something bad to happen and we prepare for it. And when you, you know, when you see every person in your family operate under the assumption that something bad is going to always happen, it is hard to cultivate a healthy relationship with peace or with hope. And that brings me to two points. It brings me to my next point. Most of our parents have no relationship with peace. They may be the parent that is angry every single day or jaded or tired or bitter or disconnected from life. They may be the parent that is helpless and lonely and hurt. They may be the child that has yet to grow up. No matter what the category is, they have no relationship with peace. And they have not demonstrated to you what a peaceful life is. And you may not understand the concept. You may not have ever seen it shown outside of film and television. And you may have this um, grandiose idea of what a peaceful life is like. 
And that may not be what a peaceful life is truly like. So peace, like all things, is a skill that can be learned. Peace is not a commodity. So whatever they're showing you or selling to you via a product, that is not peace. It does not look like the commercials, does not look like TV, does not look like the movies. Peace is inside. It's internal. And the only thing it requires for you to do is simply have the tools to dust off what life leaves on it. And embrace peace. And some of those tools include, number one, you have to differentiate between observing versus commentating. So according to Dr. Puff from Psychology Today, observing consists of you sticking to the facts. While commentating focuses on your interpretation of the facts. So I'm going to provide you with an example. If you're dating someone and they tell you they can't see you this weekend because they are exhausted. When you observe, you decide that the facts are that he is exhausted this week and he can't see me. However, when you're commentating, you make up a story about the facts. You start to think, well, he may be ignoring you because of something you did. And you may come up with this whole conversation in your head that number one is not true. And number two makes you feel worse, makes you feel like shit. Another example, you may walk in the club and see everyone staring at you. The facts are people just looked at you. That's an observation. All they did was look at you. However, when you commentate, you can create all sorts of scenarios where people hate you or they want you they want to see your downfall or they're jealous or you are giving off nervous energy and perhaps that's what they are looking at. You'll come up with all these conversations in your head. But the facts are this. They just looked at you. That's it. Your interpretation is what brings you down. It was it's what take you out of peace. Number two, you are in control of your external environment. You know, if something hurts you, you could change your environment and the people in your environment. And I understand sometimes you want to grow with people and sometimes you want them to adapt to you. Sometimes you want the problem to be solved and sometimes you just want, a, you know, a conclusion to things. And I'll I'll let you know right here. Some people won't give you that option. They just won't. They won't give you that peace. They won't give you that. They won't help you solve the problem. They won't help adapt to you. They won't give you that option. And when folks don't give you that option, you have to decide for yourself what is required. What is it? What is required for peace? You know, who interrupts it? Can they be there, but at a distance? Do they need to be a priority? Do their needs have to supersede yours? Folks aren't always going to give you the option to find a solution and to get back on level ground. So when they don't give you that option, what are the options that you're going to take to make sure that you are at peace? Because you can't force anyone to do anything that they don't want to do. But you can remove yourself out of that situation and place yourself in an even more peaceful situation. Number three, get off social media. 
Social media tends to distort our reality. We believe it is either way worse than what it is because we are inundated, inundated with information or we believe that it's way better than what it is because, you know, we see a curated life on Instagram and we compare ourselves to it and feel unrest because of it. So allow your brain the opportunity to experience your present moment, your life, and disconnect from social media. Allow your brain to explore your life, where you are at this moment. Allow your brain to enjoy you. Disconnect from other folks' life in their perspective, in their ideas of joy, in their ideas of love. Disconnect from that because that may not be your life. That may not be your life. That may not be your perspective. And sometimes so much information and so much distortion can cause you to not appreciate where you are. And that leaves you an unrest that leaves you in a state that is not peaceful. Finally, four, peace, peace may look boring. This was one of the biggest biggest lessons I had to learn peace may look boring it may look boring to you because when you are used to volatility and you're you're used to struggle when fighting your during your day-to-day life and even though it may not even appeal to you it may exhaust you this is what you know this is what you know this is what you're used to So when you experience the joy of silence, of nothingness, of normality, of evenness, of love, it may look boring to you. It may look boring to you because it's not volatile. It's not filled with rage and confusion and just so much powerful, but negative energy. You may have to learn to love it. You may have to learn to love normality. You may have to learn to love silence or nothingness or calmness. You may have to treat peace like an acquired taste because your normal palate has been instability. So you might need to taste peace a little bit and learn to enjoy it and learn to love it. Because your status quo and your norm is not that. And when you change your lens from a high intensity environment where everything is about everything is one second away from crumbling and you switch that to groundedness to knowing that you're in control, to knowing that you are capable, to knowing that things are steel, that may look boring to you. So check for that. And on that note, please, please embrace peace. Peace is gonna help you live longer 
And once you start to acquire that taste, you are going to see the joys of peace. The joys of peace are so, so damn beautiful. It's so good. You sleep so well. Your body is so relaxed. Things may come up and that's okay. You know you're capable of solving that. You know you're capable of dealing with that. But when you're not living in peace and something comes up, that may be the last straw. And you break down and you crumble. You can't get up. But when you're in a peaceful state, you're able to adjust yourself. You're able to adjust such a situation. You're like, okay, this is not what I really wanted. But I know how to solve it to make sure that I can have something that I want. So that I can live in a space that I want. So that I can be the person that I want or, you know, have the career that I want. I know that I can maneuver and keep on maneuvering until I figure out an environment that's good for me. That's what peace looks like. So on that note, you take care. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.